All right, all eyes in Lincoln turn to Will Bolt and the Corn Crushers, who have won nine of their last ten. Play Omaha tomorrow. That's a big game for uh, Evan Porter's team. But we look, uh, the lonely eyes look at Nebraska baseball because their run of no postseason is only one year. So Nebraska men's basketball, four, football, six. There's the Nebraska men's basketball team. Their season is over. Uh, 16 and 16, that Minnesota loss. That's what did it. Mm-hmm. That's what did it. Now off to the uh, off season. That'll include a Tominaga waiting on a decision, yep. a dabble or two in the portal, and what the core that comes back, how many of those guys can be turned into uh, starters, whether they redshirted this year, Ramel Lloyd, or they're on the way in uh, Eli Rice. Um, but Nebraska missed out on the NIT, was not surprised. Nope. And it, it, like I said back in the first hour, with North Carolina bowing out, yet Rutgers not, you still feel like you win that game against Minnesota. You're probably a part of that conversation last night. And so it's it's just a little bit more of, a, of the sting, I think, of what we probably knew was inevitable, that what they could have uh, found themselves in as opposed to what the reality was after losing in that game. And I, 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 I haven't tried to think too much back on that Minnesota game, too, but Man, it just it is in a, a season where you could see progress, a season that you could feel like, okay, there was a, a pretty solid culture developed there. It just had that all all too familiar feeling. And I think, you know, yesterday kind of solidified that too of seeing all these names and all these celebrations, all these live look ins and and even, you know, what would have been obviously a very more modest uh probably get together amongst the team to see if they were a part. I don't even know if they get together. Hell, they might have had a team meeting if they were part of the NIT. But either way, some type of announcement that you're going to continue to play this week, Nebraska's not part of that conversation. And it's it's uh, you're getting down to the final opportunity. With yeah, it's unfortunate for, for the Sam Greasels and the Derek Walkers yeah. that they don't get to play another game mm-hmm. with, a, with a team that you know, was a very much the epitome of a team. And that Minnesota game... And the decisions in that game and the opportunities that were missed, that's going to stick with you a long time. Yeah. And they're 16 and 16. They had a plus six on the win side. And now it shifts to, I think I'm the first one publicly to say this, and, and I'm not going to be the last. Next year has to be in the NCAA conversation. Mm-hmm. Sunday next year on Selection Sunday has to mean something to Nebraska basketball. If not, what are we doing? Yeah. And if you say, well, it's Jerome Tang. Dennis Gates, Shaka Smart. They've been at their respective schools for what, five, six, seven years? They inherited programs that hmm, would be year number five. Mm-hmm. Win, wins have to matter. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident in the guy that's running the program in Lincoln is feeling the same way. Yeah. Is that we got close, we established a formula, our culture is so much better than it's been, you take two veteran guys out of that culture in Greasel and Walker who are a big part of facilitating the improvement there, and you hope that their their lasting effect is the guys in that room now see what it takes to be a team in the grind of a Big Ten season. Now this becomes a Hoiberg and his staff yeah. and an 1890 deal to supplement the roster with some dudes that can go get buckets in the Big Ten grind mm-hmm. that are going to play a 20-game conference season, and they're going to be able to go and get you buckets when you need to go get buckets. Their two best players are not on campus yet. 
That's that's my personal opinion. Hope and, not. And now you move forward, and you you've got to find a way to get to the NCAA tournament next year. Because look at the excitement down at Sokol yesterday. Creighton men and women, mm-hmm. they both get a six seed. Everybody saw the video. That's a regular occurrence downtown. Yep. I mean, just I will dream because I have a dream, not a Don Quixote dream. Which I bet you did not expect that I would drop no, on March Madness Monday, Don Quixote. This shows show. me you got the bag of tricks oh, already. I'm so wow. I'm so versatile. Oh, Every pitch in the gosh. book today. I'm so versatile I can play all nine positions. That's pitching backwards, man. <laughs> that 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 had me on my is, toes. Is there will be a day? There will be a day. I have a dream that on Selection Sunday, the media will be so spread out because there will be a watch party in Lincoln and there will be two in Omaha. That's my that's my no, dream, I like and it. it's going to happen. Yeah, it, it's going to happen that you don't Nebraska have basketball, Omaha basketball, and Creighton basketball all make the tournament yeah. at the same time, and our heads will explode around here, and we will be the basketball capital of the world. Oh. Which, I'm all which, aboard the which, basketball which, train. You know, we've been kind of hard on Iowa. Let's give credit to Iowa. I, I know people just kind of like. <laughs> Wait, how many days? I mean, you just Don Quixote, so you're you're good. You've got over there. I mean, I mean, Seth Davis considers Omaha as in Council yeah, Bluffs. Council Bluffs yeah. Is Drake men and women mm-hmm. won the conference tournament? Iowa State women won the conference tournament. Iowa women won their conference tournament. Iowa State men and women are in the tournament. Iowa men and women are in the tournament. Drake men and women are in the tournament. Feels odd to say that Northern Iowa men are not there. Say. Yeah, but no, I give credit to Iowa. They're the, they're the basketball capital of the world and Des Moines host the first and second yeah. round, and they get KU, Texas, and they could have a Texas-Texas A&M uh, round of 32 game. It's a good couple of weeks to be an Iowan. Hmm? No? Before I moved here and went to school, I, I thought that maybe, you know, 18 years was pretty good to be an Iowan. But, you know, some <laughs> things change. Life comes at you pretty fast. <laughs> All right, Tim Kruger is uh, coming up here in about uh, 30 minutes. I used the word fascinating to open the show about Creighton. Of what their future could look like in the NCAA tournament, they are one of the more streaky teams. Got another word besides fascinating? They could be um, one and done against intriguing. North Carolina State, or they could be playing in the Final Four. Now, I've got them into the Sweet 16 because I like their matchup against North Carolina State. The backcourt matchup's going to be great, but I don't think North Carolina State has somebody that can contain Kalkbrenner on both ends. Mm-hmm. And then I'm off Baylor. I'm off Baylor. I know I know if that's a second round matchup, Creighton fans will have PTSD. Yeah, from I'm off Baylor because their defense has cratered. <clears throat> now they got some dudes and they're well coached and they won a national championship a couple of years ago, but their defense has gone south at the tail end of the year. So I like Creighton to get to the sweet sixteen. But again, if you wanted to come on here and say, you know what, this is what North Carolina State does, XYZ, um, you know they they'll get out and run with you. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't turn the ball over very much. Uh, they're going to upset them. I would listen to you because that's just what I think Creighton is, and I think it's also fair, especially off a performance like Friday night in a huge game, when you wondered, whoa, where did a couple of guys go? There's questions going into the NCAA tournament. Yeah. The one thing you mentioned last week that would concern me in, let's say it is Baylor. 
Because I'm with you. I feel good about the NC State matchup. The only thing that I think NC State going, well, two things. One, maybe they have a bit of the chip on the shoulder because everybody thought that they should be out and Clemson should be in over them. And the other thing they have going for them is Creighton is not Clemson because, again, as I mentioned, that's the only team that apparently NC State has a lot, a lot of problems with. But Baylor in that short turnaround, and this is maybe from seeing them more recently, I shouldn't say all that recently because it was still like early February, um, over at Allen Fieldhouse is you brought up this and we saw it against um, Xavier over the weekend. That team, this Creighton team, when they get going, they get out on out in front and they're kind of keeping you at arm's length and you can feed off of what you're getting inside the easy twos from Kalkbrenner and you're able to get the perimeter game going, that they can do that and they can do that at a leisurely pace. It's when they have to battle from behind. That's where maybe there's a little bit more concern. And knowing that Baylor, the way that they can still shoot the three ball, and sometimes they just do it in halves. Because there was a stretch where I watched them in Lawrence and then I think the following week too, I can't remember if they are playing TCU or Iowa State, one of the two teams, and they did the exact same thing where they were just, I couldn't miss in the first half, and then all of a sudden go cold. So even their three-point shooting, Baylor's that is, is very streaky. But if you get good Baylor, you get solid shooting Baylor in the first half, and Creighton's not knocking some shots down, that would very much concern me, given the way that I don't know, and I think, again, we saw that with good Creighton and not so good Creighton over the weekend in the Big East tournament. That would concern me that if Baylor, you know, whether it's Keontae, Georgia, whoever, is able to kind of spark them, get them out to a, a sizable lead, how Creighton would respond in that situation. The draw, I don't mind. It's not the same Baylor. I mean, this is clearly not the same Baylor, or, or at least the same makeup of Baylor that we saw in 2014 that gave that Creighton team such fits. I mean, they gave so many teams fits because of their length. This isn't the lengthiest team you're going to see from Baylor. You know, a team that could shoot it and they outsize you just everywhere on the floor. But this team defensively maybe struggling a little bit more here down the stretch can still shoot it. That would concern me a little bit. Both matchups, and I know I'm already looking ahead to Creighton and Baylor, which would be a uh, charged-up matchup, is guard play. So Smith and Joyner for North Carolina State, really good in the backcourt. Then you have Baylor. If ba- Baylor's got to survive uh, UC Santa Barbara. Yes. But you have George and Flagler, mm-hmm. two really good guards. One's a freshman, the other is a, a senior, and they have four that score in double figures. But neither North Carolina State or Baylor, in my opinion, has anybody that can neutralize Kalkbrenner. Remember, That's a good point. Here, here's, here's a little thing about, about Kalkbrenner. He got hurt against San Diego State last year. Didn't play in that game against KU, which Creighton gave KU a... A challenge almost better than anybody else. They, they would have beaten him if for they the were nation- healthy. Yeah, for the national, and you know, then KU goes on to win the national championship. So I expect Kalkbrenner, who was what sixteen of nineteen in the two Big East games, yeah. North Carolina State and Baylor do not have an answer for him. So North Carolina State to beat Creighton is going to have to be really, really good with their guards, and they're going to have to hit some shots, and they're going to have to keep. Creighton off the offensive glass. Now, that's a, something that North Carolina State does well, and they don't allow you to shoot a high percentage, but they also don't, you know, they're not going to grind you down where Creighton could get in foul trouble. Now, in terms of having five and the stamina, because Creighton will probably play seven guys now mm-hmm. that we're in the tournament, yeah. is North Carolina State likes to get out and run. And, and Smith is an NBA guy. He's going to be an NBA draft pick. If they get out and run, that's a concern. 
The line sounds right at about four and a half. But I, I don't know what you're getting from Creighton. You're either going to get good Creighton or bad Creighton. Because they have not been, you know, they have not been, a, I'm pretty sure on this, they I don't think they've been an underdog for, I mean, since January. Yeah. Now, they, they haven't won a game when they've been an underdog. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the other thing as you move through this tournament is all time against seeds that are four or higher, Creighton is 0-8. And seven of those eight losses are by double figures. Mm -hmm. The only one that wasn't, last year. So you have a chance to change a little bit of your NCAA narrative and to answer the question of, okay, I really, really like Creighton, but that's why they're a fascinating team. They've got they've got a, a high ceiling, and they've got a floor. Which, you know, when it's a one and done game, well, things can happen. We've seen it plenty of times in the NCAA tournament. I just don't see it on Friday at three o'clock in Denver. The team or teams that I think a lot of even your national sports writers are going to have a real tough time deciding their outcome. And I think if you look at you know, I'll throw out Jay Billis throw out Seth Davis, throw out anybody you can think of from all the different networks, you put out a bracket, you might see them having Creighton either losing in the first round, losing in the second round, getting all the way to the Elite Eight. Hell, you might even get a couple Creighton Final Four nods. They're one of a few teams that I think people are going to have the toughest time. Even people who follow college basketball, and I'm not talking about People who are just going to, you know, kind of go willy nilly at this. The, the Creighton is is one of those teams that you're going to find yourself maybe second guessing, where you probably you always hear the just go off your gut reaction, go go on instinct. People don't trust them, yeah, right? And you can, I as you as you mentioned though, you can talk yourself into a good Creighton run, and then you can have that lasting impression in that game against Xavier and say, mm, well, maybe not. They are one of a couple that I think people are going to probably spend more time on trying to figure out what ultimately they sort of accomplish. Because you mentioned it earlier, a six seed does feel like a bit of a disappointment considering the preseason hype. And even when they got through that six-game skid and all of a sudden they were back at fever pitch and you're looking at, okay, what's the ceiling with this team? What could they be? As a seed, could they possibly find themselves knocking on the door of a four, possibly a three if everything worked out well? Getting back to a six, yeah, I would say disappointing. But if this team finds themselves in the second week and they're playing in the Sweet 16, we're right back to where we thought this team in that potential line, where this is at the very least a Sweet 16 type of team. So that seed all of a sudden is a moot point because you're amongst the 16 best in that second week. And so they still have so much opportunity there. But there's going to be, I think, a lot of tug of war when it, when people are deciding how far they should take Creighton in their bracket. Yeah, so I think the North Carolina State beating Creighton is like, oh, you got to pick an eleven over a six. I mean, we all know the right. the math of a yeah, twelve against a five. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, eleven over a six. I'll just say North Carolina State. To me, North Carolina State peaked early. Um, Tracravion Smith is a dude. He's an absolute dude, and they got two guards that both average over seventeen points a game. I I just think North Carolina State is not playing their best basketball of the year. Mm-hmm. And watching them the last month, it's not a not a game where I go, wow, that's a dangerous team. If you would have asked me that in January, I'd say, that's a team that could win the ACC. I just think they peaked early. Yeah. 
And I think it's a fair point about what Kalkbrenner presents and how rare that is in what you see night in and night out. And maybe for NC State, having more preparation time, it gives you a bit of an idea of how you want to go about defending Kalkbrenner or attacking Kalkbrenner. And that's maybe the advantage, as I talked about with the Baylor, what concerns me if that matchup becomes... Uh, round of 32 matchup, Baylor and Creighton. Maybe as we talk about the quick turnaround and how to defend teams that sort of bring a, a, a unique presence, maybe that's the biggest advantage for Creighton too, is Baylor only having that short turnaround time to figure out how they want to attack, defend, Kalkbrenner, Big 12, best conference in college basketball, but how many times do you see a Kalkbrenner night in the Well, night which out? Baylor are you going to see? Because you saw good Baylor, yep. and then you saw bad Baylor. I did. All and in, in a lot of ways, one, they haven't recovered sitting. from that game. All in one sitting. Yeah. And so if they come out like they did against Kansas in that first half at Allen Fieldhouse where they're just, I mean, lighting it up, can Creighton, with what they do well, can they come back? Because it would take more than Kalkbrenner's presence inside to bring them back. Do they play like Thursday where they looked unbeatable? Right. Or do they play like Friday yeah. where it's like, huh, what else is on TV? Like what I, saw, what I saw in one sitting of watching Baylor from one half to the other, we saw – Exactly what gives you confidence and concern about Creighton in one appearance of the Big East Tournament. Regionals in Denver, right? Yeah. That it is. Baylor's pretty good in Waco. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That it, that's also very I true. I think we've all been to Waco. I would not confuse Waco and Denver. No. 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 In many ways. I mean, Chip and Joe Gaines are trying to make it. Shout out to Magnolia Bakery. Yeah. Though. Hell of a place. Tasty. I didn't go out to the... Uh, the silos, but uh, my wife did. She liked it. We, we always stayed catty corner. We went so. to the breakfast place. Very good. It's very good. Other than that, it's uh, it's Waco. Nice people down there. <laughs> Salt to drink uh, fifteen uh, diet Dr. Peppers during a nine inning baseball game one time because <laughs> they were free in the back of the press box. Oh, I mean, you have to. Oh, it's great. It's great baseball setup. Oh, one of my so favorites. Real. Yeah. Remember when they used to be good in baseball? Yeah. All right, seven twenty four. Uh, Tim Kruger is going to join us before the hour is over. How did his final bracket compare to what was released on CBS yesterday? Where did he have the frog horns? And does he think <laughs> that is a disadvantage with the arena in Kansas City being in Kansas, not in Missouri, and how that affected KU? Oh, jeez. He also got a glimpse in that show of the fine line that announcers walk when they talk about Alabama. Mm-hmm. You have to say Alabama is the best team in college basketball. I mean, you don't have to. I say they're the best team in college basketball. But that is a storyline yep. that you navigate in explaining what Alabama is doing. Because Alabama is not listening to that outside noise. No. I, mean, I, I, was, I was thoroughly impressed by the way they played basketball this weekend in Nashville. If anything, it's bringing them together. NATO, it's football school. I just think of the TCU Foghorns. We're just going to go from Froghorn frog to Froghorn Langhorn. We're going to go to Foghorn Langhorn. Mm. It's just a... <laughs> It's almost like it was the rehearsal. And he said it it's he said it like it was, it was. no big deal. Just the oh a TCU Froghorn. Yeah, the Froghorns. They need to make sure it's now. If you're a TCU fan, come on. TCU I, uh, what uh Fran Fraschilla on the Big Twelve tournament game the other day. Sam Duggan, quarterback for TCU. Yeah. I, yeah, Sam, yeah. That too. Yeah. I was like, wait, who's Sam? Sam Duggan. Damn, oh, Ma- Damn Max, I thought you had made some inroads. Yep. Nope. Uh, it's not Fran's world though. It's not Fran's world. Often uh rolling uh March Madness, the bracket has been released. 68 teams, well, 136, begin their uh, quest for Texas. Women's Final Four is in Dallas. Yes. Men's Final Four is in Houston. 136 teams on the road to 
Texas. Texas-sized national championships. Hey, there's there's quite a bit of Texas flavor in the NCAA men's tournament. Mm-hmm. We might get Texas, Texas A&M in the round of 32 in Des Moines. Naturally yep. in Des Moines. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tim Kruger, Jacob Bigelow, Joel Lorenzi, all to join us on this uh, Monday with Nick, Jimmy, and Gary. Mornings with Sharp and Hanley on 1620 The Zone.